Do you hear that? It sounds like cash to me. That's the Suzuki spin-to-win wheel that you have the chance to spin and win for cold, hard cash at the 2023 Troutcast Derby at Lake Cuyamaca. With 16 Big Fish winners awarded across two days, this is a family fun trout tournament that you won't want to miss. The lake has scheduled a massive stocking just before the event. Western Outdoor News will be giving every single angler a goodie bag stuffed with lures and giveaways so everyone is a winner. Visit wonews.com or the link in the show description for details and to enter. That's Troutcast, presented by Suzuki, April 15th and 16th at Lake Cuyamaca. A popular shark tourism destination shuts down. Lake Casitas fills with water and 10-pounders. PCS happened. Tips for booking a white sea bass trip and more. This is Western Outdoor News. Welcome back to the Western Outdoor News podcast. I am here... You know what? Somebody said to me at the PCS shows this weekend that I don't introduce myself ever. And they don't, they're like, hey, I listen to the show. I don't know your name. Uh, so my name's Brad Van Zyl. This is Mike Stevens, managing editor of Western Outdoor News. How's it going, Mike? I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. So we got intros out of the way. Let's get to our first big story of this issue. We're looking at the March 3rd, 2023 issue of Western Outdoor News. And on page one, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Butch Brown, with a 10-pound, 3-ounce largemouth at Lake Casitas. So what's the, uh, what's the situation at Casitas? I know it's starting to fill up with some water, and obviously, geez, 10-plus bass, 10-pound plus. Yeah, that's been, uh, it's been one we've been keeping an eye on um, since all the rain started. Um, it's it's uh, about half full now. Um, and that's up from 31% full from New Year's Day. Um, it's 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 been cr- kind of crazy out there with all the new water. Some of the the boat operating has was shut down for a while, but now it's back. And then uh, of course fishing's been very difficult. Um, water's uh, got a lot of stuff floating around in it, and it's off color. But then this happened. You know, Butch got out there with his with his swim bait and uh, connected to that double digit largemouth, and you know it's great to see. You know, and we're hearing. We also heard some um, decent reports from uh, Rich Tauber, who's a, a guide out there, is close to Western Outdoor News. Um, he's he's starting to see uh, the needle tick in the right direction too. So um, this was a good sign out there for uh, big bass anglers, and you know it's kind of. Int- I'd, I'd love to know why. Which decided, you know, with all this new water and all this, you know, the the facelift that all these lakes have gotten, um, why he went to Casitas. Um, but obviously, he knows a lot more about it than me, and it paid off for him with this ten point three pound or ten pound three ounce largemouth. Yeah, no, it's a it's a photo that you should definitely check out in this week's issue. Now let's jump over to Merritt's article. He was talking about booking that Channel Island sea bass trip. And of course, landing sea bass is uh, no easy feat, but booking a trip specifically to target sea bass, you need to be extra careful. And Merritt talks about seasonality and looking at squid spawn schedules, looking at that month of June, mid-June, the limit changes. White sea bass jumps from one fish per person up to three in mid-June. So that really takes effect and and, uh, 
and changes the way that you have to approach a white sea bass trip because if if you're only able to get one, people are more likely to spread the love after they've you know reached their mm-hmm. reached their limit. And then on a trip where you have three, he says that you know a couple of lucky guys are going to fill their bag and call it a day. Right. So you have more chances before that pre-June changeover. What are some other tips that you can think of, Stevens? Oh, I just I, I mean merit made a lot of good points here because you know, I made the ex- I made the example before we started recording like you know you can book a trip and a tuna trip or something you just you know pick middle of summer you know you have a good shot at it but when it comes to sea bass you know they're looking at the moon and you know tides and you know overnight fishing you mentioned squid there's just so much more to take into consideration when make, making sure you're hitting that sweet spot or at least the sweetest spot available. Not, you know, you got your own schedule to take into consideration too. So, I mean, you might say that uh, White Sea Bass Charter has has more things to take into consideration before booking it than any other type of charter out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're looking forward to seeing. Uh, to seeing everybody's catches. I know that we have our Channel Island shootout that has historically gotten some white sea bass. That is coming up in July. So look for that on our charters page and come fishing with Western Outdoor News. So that's uh, that's Merritt's article. There's so much more information on here. Booking that Channel Island sea bass trip. That's, uh, that's available in the March 3rd issue of Western Outdoor News. Before we jump to our next topic... Let's talk about the show that we just went to this past weekend, the PCS show at the Orange County Fairgrounds. Tell me, uh, what was your impression, Stevens? What was this what was did you actually think? this was actually the first time I ever went to the PCS show, and I, I think it was a lot of people's first time. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah for for sure. Um, you know, I kind of feel feel bad because you know I know how much bigger it is just from talking to Bill a priest and just you know hearing the chatter and seeing the exhibitor list I know how much bigger it was than last year and last year I know it was quite a bit bigger than all the years before so it, it was fun I liked the I liked the layout you know the you kind of could do a circular you know attack <laughs> yeah well it went that from open. three from three halls all the way up to seven and the center courtyard area was filled up with boats right so. right it was it was cool they had the live music out there and all that stuff i mean the first day i was there was the first day of the show and i i never left the, our booth um i came back sunday and i was there all day and got to um got to cruise around and see everything and and it was it was a lot of fun people were really digging it and I'm looking forward to it every year now. I mean, for years, I I would get PCS Magazine, and I I don't know how long they did this, but um, at first, they would include tickets inside the magazine. Oh, wow. You know, I live in San Diego, so, I mean, I just never got up there. So I'm stoked to have gone um, this year. Now I know what it's all about, and uh, I, I know we'll be all over it next year, too. Yeah, so, I, I mean, show season, we've been saying show season's back. We we had the first show of the season, the um, the Bart Hall shows in San Diego. We had the PCS show, and then the Bart Hall show is returning to Long Beach, and that will be uh, March 29th through April 2nd. So that that's coming back, uh, you know, full speed ahead. It is happening at the last weekend 
of March here. So we're going to be there, Western Outdoor News booth. Come sign up at the show. You guys know the deal. You get all sorts of giveaways. You get to spin our, our prize wheel. And we have a fun photo booth where you can uh, take a picture holding a fish, looking like you're on the cover of Western Outdoor News. So come out and see us at the uh, the Bart Hall Show. And, uh, you know, I'm just, we're everybody's happy to have mm-hmm. shows back. And that was the overwhelming theme across both shows so far is that people were happy to be shaking hands and saying yeah. hello to uh, their favorite uh, their favorite guides, their favorite companies, their favorite sport boats. I mean, it was just, it was almost like a high school reunion and everybody's getting <laughs> back together. So that is the PCS show. Let's let's talk about the March 3rd issue. Let's get back to the headlines. Uh, Stevens, you wrote this article in the Baja News section. Guadalupe Island shut down to shark tourism by the Mexican government. Yeah, I, I don't get many opportunities to, to appear in the Baja section, but I saw this story um, over the weekend prior to uh, building this paper. Um, yeah, the... Uh, I mean, in the articles that I read, the dive community is real fired up about it. Um, beca- and so they mainly talk about the being able to jump in the water in a shark cage to watch the great whites down there. And from what I've read, it's really between like Guadalupe Island and like South Africa that are like the great white viewing centers of the universe. Yeah, I'm sure most people, if you've seen shark diving in the cage you know the, those videos online right. you, most of the time that's you're seeing one of those two places yeah so it's um that's definitely shut down i think um what ben ben hervey murray here told me is that um i think a shark kind of charged the cage got its head in there freaked out and i think it ended up dying and that caused uh what at the time was a temporary closure with sport fishing was already under a temporary closure at the time to um, kind of get all their ducks in a row and s- decide what they were going to do here. And it's it's not just the cages. They're calling it all tourism activities. Um, I called the office of the Red Rooster 3. Um, they were unsure of how the future, what it meant you know, to our long-range fleet, um, but they said it didn't sound very good. Um, so I'm thinking, other than for research purposes, there's not going to be much going on down there. And one of the concerns is that all the the tourism-based stuff kind of kind of serves as like a de facto, you know, keep an eye on poaching and stuff like that could go on. So mm-hmm. now, you know, if who knows, you know, what can go on down there with all the all those eyeballs. No longer, you know, there's no more boats out there. There's no more, you know, just people keeping an eye on things. Um, so, I mean, it could be a free-for-all for poachers. I mean, that's like a worst-case scenario, but that's just one of the concerns that, that keep coming up. Right, because when you shut something down like this, I guess the important thing is to see if who's still keeping an eye on this, who's still patrolling this. Right. Um, so we'll uh, we'll keep everybody up to speed on what what is happening with that uh, Guadalupe Island shutdown. And uh, we'll keep everybody up to date in Western Outdoor News. Let's look forward to next week's episode of the Western Outdoor News podcast. We actually talked to somebody, I'm going to keep it a mystery for now, somebody who just recently got an IGFA record catch out of Baja as well. So a lot of news happening in Baja. 
there's one thing that we wanted to talk about before we, we sign off today is the snow in the eastern Sierras and how that is affecting the opener, perhaps. I know that a lot of people have been talking about what is the opener even going to look like? Yeah, that, that's that's we're getting to that time where people are starting to ask how is all this going to affect the opener. Um, there have definitely been op- openers with a ton of snow up there, um, but I mean this it's just storm after storm they keep coming. Um, the storm this, that's supposed to arrive this week, I'm already seeing pictures of it. It's there now, and it's supposed to bring a lot of rain. And with rain, you have runoff. And, you know, with all that snow, it, I mean, people in the down in the valleys are, are starting to talk about it. Um, so as far as the opener, um, I, I've got, in talking with Marlon Mead and going through some of our, like, archive issues we have in here, um, there have been years where the Crow- Lake Crowley in, in particular has been um, postponed. Mm. Like, I mean, you're not going to call off the whole opener, but Lake Crowley would be closed. That would be a big deal. Um, what they what they do do at Lake Crowley prior to the opener is they'll they'll lower the water level under the ice, and then they they hope gravity will help break up um, that ice on top. But the ice is thick right now, so it's starting to take a look. You know, people are starting to take a look at um, what will be available by then like for sure you'll have down in bishop the owens river pleasant valley reservoir but there are a lot of people who go up there for the opener and a lot of them get absorbed by crowley and the june lake loop and uh and bridgeport um but i'm, I'm thinking like if, if any of the higher elevation lakes are unfishable i mean some of them you can ice fish on but most of them you, it wouldn't be safe so I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm mm-hmm. going up for the opener for to cover it, um, so I'm going to be keeping an eye on it. Yeah, uh, it's going to be very interesting, regardless. You know, there's a lot of snow, and it's still snowing in March. I mean, um, we have we've had miracle marches in the past, but that was you know where we didn't have much of a January or February. Yeah, <laughs> it's just seemingly everything got pushed a little bit later and then of course just the volume of snow is something we haven't seen in a long time so yeah and and we don't want all that running off at once (laughs) yeah not all at once but it so this doesn't really put a question mark on whether or not the opener is going to happen it's just at what capacity the opener will happen. yeah i mean i'd be very surprised i mean how do you call off something like that i mean yeah it's the same day every year but it's not like a particular body of water or that kind of thing obviously in 2020, that opener got pushed back because of, you know, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was different. They were talking about capacities and hotels and stuff like that. This is a total different situation. Um, it's almost like, well, if you want to come up here, come on up. But uh, I wonder if that's how they'll handle it. Right. Um, so. So. All right. When when can people start to expect some answers on that? I mean, I guess weather will tell, and like you said, it, it's kind of a wait and see game, right? Well, er, Ernie Cowan, who writes our um, our weekly Sierra coverage year round, so even now he's doing it. Um, he filed his story today. We put it. Um, I sent it over to go in the paper next week, and I got a little look at it, and he has already been talking to some of his sources about the opener in particular because there's not much fishing going on right now i mean people were fishing 
the Owens River before the snow came and down in Bishop. But other than that, um, it's it's just not happening. So he's already starting to feel out his his sources and look towards the opener. And we'll have another substantial update in a few weeks when we do the uh, Eastern Sierra preview. I mean, a huge chunk of that is always about what to expect given the opener, the conditions you know up there around opening weekend. And, yeah, look forward to next week where we talk to that mysterious IGFA record uh, coming out of Baja. I'm not going to spoil what it is, but it's worth the wait. You guys are going to like this one. All right. We'll see you guys next week. This is Western Outdoor News.